treasure That is what you are special uh, episode here. My name is Adam, and I'm joined remotely by my uh, co-host, partner in crime, Stacy. Um, and we have a very special guest for you today. As you will notice, we're actually in the big studio today, uh, out of kind of out of necessity with the uh, band that we have in here today. Um, uh, given the uh, COVID social distancing aside, you know, we can't get a five-person band into our little uh, podcast studio next door. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're very fortunate to have Ball in the House. Welcome, guys. Hey, thanks for having us. Uh, Ball in the House is a acapella group based out of um, Boston. Um, and they were in here in our big studio performing a live show just a short time ago. So I thought we'd catch up with them and uh, see what, they, what they've been up to and what they're all about. So um, I, let me see if I get this, this, this right. I've, I've seen your show a number of times here in the studio. So we've got John on the, uh, on the beatbox. We've got Kevin on the bass. We've got Wallace on vocals. What, what is your official? Officially high tenor. High tenor. Um, we got Marnie on the tenor, uh, baritone. Yep. And uh, Davey on the tenor. Tenor, right. So, um, uh, so, uh, so you guys have, have been performing uh, here uh, in the studio live for a couple of things. We'll get into that in a minute. But um, I think first we just kind of introduce yourselves. Tell us what uh, Ball in the House is all about. And, uh, uh, and uh, we'll start from there. OK. Um, so my name is Dave. Um, I live in Wilmington. I grew up in Boston. Uh, been in Ball in the House for over 20 years now. Um, we've been at it a long time, doing this full time um, as an independent band, which is really, really cool. And we do everything from arts and education to, um, you know, theater shows and commercial work and recording. Uh, we average about 200 shows a year. So needless to say, this last year has been tough. But we're slowly getting back up to speed. Thank you know, thanks to WCTV, of course. Um, but yeah, you know, to make a living at music is really awesome, and uh, it's a dream come true. Uh, sometimes that dream is highs and lows, of course, but it is, it's a great, great thing. So just you know, so let's start there. So uh, you know, the past year, almost a year ago, we were the, we've been we've all been hit with this uh, this life-changing event and it's been particularly hard as we've been showcasing here on Radio New England uh, artists who have been coping with with that not being able to go out and perform live that sort of stuff so obviously these li this live show the uh, live uh, educational show that you do here but how you know how else have you guys been coping with not being able to perform live for the past year and a half <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah barely barely but but we we have so many friends who just didn't make it through altogether that we heard of so many different groups that just had to dissolve because of it. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we were able to barely make it through has is truly been been a gift. But um finding any way possible to to continue to to meet, whether it was over Zoom or continuing to um to arrange music, things like that, to make sure that when the time came we'd be ready to just answer that call to go and perform again. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you, 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 like somebody had a whole bunch of had your tour all last year canceled, oh, and oh, <laughs> it's gosh. heartbreaking to have all that sort so of stuff hurt, happen. Um, so, so, um, Stacey, you want to jump in? You have? 
Yeah, no, so I was, um, last night, you know, of course, I'm doing my research about you. I was looking at, you know, your pages, you know, your website, your socials. And I know you guys, I mean, speaking of, you know, still trying to connect with your fans in the community. I mean, I saw you guys had done a uh, Zoom chat, Q&A chat with fans. Um, one of the other things I wanted to talk about that makes you guys, me kind of set you apart, which makes you so awesome in what you do, not, you know, not just for yourself, but like for the community at large, which is so wonderful, is you... Uh, what you, actually, you guys just got done filming, I don't know if we call it an episode or a session uh, with a school. You guys go out and you bring this music into the schools with, with the kids. Can you talk to, do you mind talking to us about that, that side of what you guys do for a little bit? Sure. Uh, so we do assemblies and workshops, master classes, and family concerts for K through 12 schools. And we have a couple different programs that we do. The main one is called Totally Vocally. And it, um, it's basically a kind of primer on acapella music, how it's done, all the voice parts. We talk through the technology that we use. Um, we talk about songwriting and creativity, arranging and how we arrange songs, all the voice parts and how they come together to make harmony. Um, and then, you know, depending on the age group, we'll get into more and more detail about different parts of it, but we'll break down the beatboxing, we'll talk about, uh, we'll, you know, we'll give them a chance to ask questions, we'll do a little history of acapella music going way back through chant all the way through contemporary music, and so things like that. So the, the main gist, I think, is to inspire students and uh, to get involved in the arts, to at least try it, and, you know, of course, the push for us is for singing. Um, the other program is an anti-racism program called And Now I See, Race, Racism, and American Music. And that ties a lot of the, uh, the problems of race with the way that, that African-American music has influenced uh, pretty much every aspect of American music and gets into a lot of um, sp specific stories about that and the connections uh, with the music. And then in workshops and master classes, we'll usually work with uh, you know, anywhere from like a, a fifth grade choir class to a uh, you know to a high school uh, offshoot a cappella group and work with them either in collaboration that leads to a performance or in a more master class setting where we're using our experience uh, as singers and educators to uh, work with them and, and better them was there any one big impetus that pushed you to do this or how did it come about and then how long have you been doing it so we've been doing the arts and ed program it seems like for, gosh, right around 20 years or so. And to be honest with you, the Arts and Ed program was just so that we can go full time. I mean, we were writing original music. We wanted to be rock stars early on, you know? And so this was just going to be our nine to five. And our first release was um, all original album called Think About It. And we got record label interest, publishing interest, um, one of the singles hit a um, a chart, um, Heat Seekers, you know, for Billboard. And so we were poised to get signed. And the release date was September 11th, 2001. And our whole world was turned upside. Well, the whole world was turned upside down. But, you know, and then we stayed. The one constant was the Arts and Ed program. And so we kept getting booked for that. And then the older we got, we just saw how important it was. And the more emails we got from parents saying, you know, my son was gonna give up on music and he saw your assembly program and he decided to re-up or, you know, and so we were getting little nuggets along the way on how we were, 
inspiring kids to stay involved in the arts. And so that's, I think, when we knew that we needed to put our heart and soul in our arts and ed program. And that, through all these years, even through this last year, it has been the one constant thing that we've been putting out in the world. And so, yeah, man, it's kind of bigger than bigger than us, but it's been our lifeline. It's been incredible for us. So the Arts and Ed program that you're doing, you know, obviously this year you, you've been in the studio doing this program more than you've been doing your traditional concert, so to speak, over yeah, the past yeah. year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And how we came to WCTV is just like, I don't know, it was so after lucky. a business yeah. meeting. It was, it was very strange. It's all like kind of strange throughout yeah, well, the Well, we sat around and like, what can we do? How could we, how can we make a living? And, you know, thankfully, we had the time once, you know, I think we had 80 performances were wow. canceled, maybe even a little yeah. more than that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we went from getting ready to, uh, to go out on tour and, you know, all these things lined up to literally nothing. And so we spent most of our time hunting grants and, and loans and, and everything else. And, and thankfully, you know, the government and the state of Massachusetts was, you know, really good about helping out uh, people. I've heard in other states it's not as good. I think some people have had a lot of trouble getting unemployment or getting these things to work. And I don't know, it just, it, it things clicked really well for us to let us kind of get by and as they mentioned, we've been making plans and singing. And the one thing we didn't jump into immediately was virtual because we had seen all these other acts do it poorly, like and not in a way that we thought would that we'd be happy doing. And then uh, you know, one day we said, "Do we have connections somewhere? Can we get you know somewhere that could help us to do the tech side of things? Because we just don't know what to do there." And uh, and you know, Davey, growing up in Wilmington, or not growing up in Wilmington, but living in Wilmington now. Through the years, we've done a number of things with Wilmington High School, uh, Marchapella concert, uh, you know, and through WCTV. And Dave said, "Let me talk to them and see." And so that partnership was born. And they do all the tech side of things, the streaming, the lights, uh, putting our sound out there, and then enhancing that program with graphics and video and uh, and text crawls and all these things, so that we could take advantage and make a program that. Um, even though it lost some of the things that we lost from being in person and having volunteers right, and that direct right, right. connection, uh, we tried everything we could to enhance it and make it look good so that it still was a program that we could be proud of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it sounds like there are maybe some elements you're able to add that you maybe weren't before when you were doing it in person. I mean, so hopefully it's been a little bit of a blessing for you guys as well. No question. Absolutely. Um, no question. So Absolutely. Yeah. on that... Just a Side note, you know, since you mentioned WCTV, for those who aren't watching on WCTV right now and don't know, uh, WCTV, Wilmington Community TV, is a community media station in the town of Wilmington. Um, if you don't know a lot about community media, um, particularly for New England, New England is very fortunate and rich in community media centers. Almost every town has one. Look it up. Look it up. It's, it's community media is meant to be a free speech platform. They're there to help you out, get your message out. Um, so that's just our, our, our quick plug because we're big advocates of community media ourselves. Um, so, so I, I, I'm going to have you guys perform uh, in, in a second, but to, to wrap the, the COVID situation, uh, you're here performing for an empty studio, basically. Three cameras yeah. and, and one volunteer <laughs> camera operator back here, and Ryan in the control room. So how, 
you know, how have you adapted to performing, performing to an empty room as opposed to performing to an auditorium full of students or other fans when you're doing your regular concerts? Oh. Good question, because yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. The, the word is adapting. Because at first, those first couple shows in here, it was jarring. It was, yeah, it was very, very yeah. jarring and sterile. And <laughs> I, I, I'm and trying to find that energy because that's another big thing. When it's, when you're in front of a crowd, it's easy. You look at the fans and or the crowd, and they, they give, give you, you. Yeah. they give it to you. But here, it's it's um, the guy behind the, the camera or the camera itself. And you just gotta you gotta not fake it, but find find it from somewhere else. And I think we've gotten better at it over time. But it was just um, learning that there is someone on the other end of that camera. We just can't see them. For me, at least. So realizing that, and then giving that person where, whoever, wherever they may be—New Jersey, South Dakota, wherever—the same show, I'd give a person five feet away from me. You know? And and I noticed, Wallace, from one of the first shows that you did in here, uh, I've been impressed. Not a lot of people who come in here can do this, and particularly someone who might not be used to it. But I see you playing to the cameras, watching for the red light. Each uh, for oh, people, people at home, the studio cameras have little red lights. We call them tally lights on top of them that tell which, the people in front which camera is on. And Wallace has become a master of watching yes, for those is. red lights when you're performing out here. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, so again, engaging with the with, with, with the audience. To, yeah. So what I what I'd like to do is have you guys perform, uh, and then we'll talk. Uh, we'll get away from this, you know, sadish COVID stuff, and we'll talk more about your your, your the band's background. Uh, you're going to perform an original for us. I believe it's yes. your original. Yes, Wallace. yeah, it's my. Uh, so uh, here it is. Uh, the Ball in the House performing Knock Knock on. Where are you in New England? There's no 
You could see why we could have this band, this group, in the small po podcast studio. <laughs> um, so, guys, a great song. Let's start right there. You know, a, a lot of uh, acapella groups start with, at least start with, uh, doing covers. And you guys do covers as well. You started to show off with a piece of a cover. Um, uh, but you guys also write your own music. So, tell us a little bit. Uh, you know, start with you, Wallace, with Knock Knock. Tell us a little bit about your process when you are arranging and putting together your own right. acapella music. Yeah, so, um Granted, the process varies, but for this song in particular, um, I, I came up with the um, the the melody first. I just had that over and over and over again. I figured, and then I wanted to figure out what I wanted to put it to. And um, the story is about um, the story of my um, my wife and I, how we how we got together, how we met. And um, early on in the relationship, or before the relationship, um, she didn't have any time. She wasn't giving me the time of the day. And that's pretty much what the song's about, like knock, knocking at someone's door, not being let in. And so just, again, being persistent and respectful and knocking. And so for me, it was just that trying to um, boil down that theme. Like, um, like yeah, I'm tired of playing games. Like, are, are, are we something? Are we not? Like, what are we going to do? Type deal. And then um, I eventually got to that, 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 that imagery, just someone, like, like, someone who just won't go away. I was that little gnat. You know, but, um, but, but say for um, another song, like um, another original I wrote, um, Ordinary Day. It was me up at night. I didn't have um I didn't have a melody, but I had this this sinking feeling, just sadness, of just feeling numb. And I had these these words in my heart, and I just wrote them down. And I didn't, I didn't have a melody or any harmony for that for a, a long time. I just had this this poem, and then I brought it to the guys, and that's when everything came came to fruition. Mm -hmm. It varies, it definitely varies. What about anybody else? How about your songwriting, mm. arranging process? It really, it really varies. It's when the inspiration hits, you know, like, um, you know, I had a song heavy on my mind that I wrote, um, you know, verse, chorus, and then I was stuck, you know, for years. So I had this in the, in the back burner, and then my grandfather passed away, boom, inspiration hit, song was done, brought it to the band, brought it to, um, see, I don't arrange really well, so I'll come up with melody, bridge, um, lyrics, and then I gladly hand it off to Johnny through the years. Um, I'm, we're writing one now, Kevin and I, that's you know almost done, and, and just you know asking for lyrics, you know, I'm always trying to include other people, because they might have something to say that might piggyback on, you know, and I think yeah. it's, it's, it's a, it really, it's different for everyone. So, so, so Knock Knock may be your brainchild, you may have, you all may have your own individual Ideas, but you work as a group to bring together the final. final yeah, what piece. do we say about songs? We say that usually an arrangement is 
what percentage down? Yeah, I'm thinking like 80%. yeah, 80%. 80%. And that 20% is finished during rehearsal, saying like, oh, how about if we have a dropout here and add this? Or maybe let's like um, let's do a, you know, a um, call and res uh, do some sort of thing that's different. And then the writer might say, yes, that's a great idea. I never thought of that. And mm -hmm. so. Mm -hmm. So from a more technical, I'm just curious from a more technical standpoint, when I imagine, I mean, and I'm not as a musician myself, but I imagine when musicians go to write a song, or musicians that use uh, physical instruments rather than their their voice as an instrument, like like you all do. Um, I don't know if they sit down and write notes. I mean, do you guys approach it any differently? Like, do you have like sheet music you work off of? I mean, how do you do it? Because I'm sure it may be very interesting from an acapella standpoint. Yeah, I know for sure. Some of us do that, right? But I know me personally, the sheet music is usually the last thing I worry about, especially if it's not a song that I'm going to bring to the band. But if I know that it's something we're going to sing, then that's just a necessary part of the process. But first, I like to just get the song out of the way. And then it's just like any other song, like any cover songs. Okay, this song needs to be arranged for acapella. That's when I bring in the sheet music and things like that. Yeah, that's the same. I was going to say, like, it's all, it becomes all about the song, and then it gets translated mm -hmm. to acapella right. the best we can. And the good thing is that if no one else has heard it, no one knows. No one has right. anything to compare it to Absolutely. except our little demos that we make. So all the demos have all kinds of like, sometimes it's just us singing together. Monty sent something to me recently. It was just him singing in four parts that he recorded himself singing over himself. You know, Dave has stuff that's recorded on his phone. Wallace has almost like full produced, you know, little keyboard things. It's just, it's kind of whatever it is. And sometimes it's just a scrap of, um, uh, of melody or lyric or, you know, me as the drummer, I almost always start with bass and drums. Mm. With just like a beat and a groove and then build it from there. So you guys all self-publish, self-produce your albums and your music. So you guys are also, not only are you out here performing, but you're also doing the technical side. You're doing the production yes. and things. Mm -hmm. Is there one of you who does all, who takes the lead on the mixing and the mastering? And that's, that's, you yeah, that's me pretty much. Um, essentially, yeah, so my job, part of the group, you know, we all come up with the songs, arrangements, and all that stuff. So then when we want to record music, uh, one, I guess I've been in the group for about almost two years now. So now around the time, I remember right when I joined, we finished one album. Um, and, you know, we actually kind of did it ourselves. Because I know, yeah, Johnny, you kind of manned the recording session for that album. Um, so then nowadays, now since uh, I went to school for audio production. Um, so I, I kind of had a lot of experience with it. So then what I basically do when we have our songs ready to go uh, we record all the vocals. We actually used WCTV. We were in here to record um, Ordinary Day, actually, recently. Um, and uh, so what I do, I take all those vocals, uh, edit them, put them in time, uh, clean them up a bit. And then the mixing part, that's the part where we get to add effects like reverb. Uh, e I use EQ to kind of help balance out all the parts, pretty much, and add any special effects of that sort. And So we all kind of do it ourselves. And so, so on that note, you know, Acapella is all voices, no yes. traditional instruments, but you still do use effects. You yep. still use yep. reverb and that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, depending on the style, the sound, when necessary, we add those kind of things, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, you, you guys also do the, 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 the covers, and obviously a cover that's written and arranged for instruments is going to sound different and that's that sort of thing. When you guys are translating that into voice, into a five-part voice, is there anything you, that you have to think about? You know, it's like okay, we've this. You know, people. Yeah. You know, we've got maybe a full band. You know, traditionally in this piece, but we've got five voices. You know, when you're translating that. 
I would say that the thing that, that I hope all of us shoot for when we arrange cover songs is to make people think that's how it originally was, right? Because there's nothing worse, I think, than hearing a, um, as an acapella group, we hear a lot of acapella bands, like a lot of other um, acts, and when they, when you hear a song that just sounds like they're just copying everything else, and they're trying to mimic all these sounds and do all these things, it, um, it sometimes just feels a little forced. And I think so the thing that we shoot for is just, you know, if, if it feels natural to do what they did, mm-hmm. um, you know, to copy some of the harmonies to whatever, great. If we need to change it up, great. But it, the, in the end, it should sound like, it should sound natural, like yeah. we're trying to sound so, like so us yeah. as opposed yeah. to us trying to force a cappella on a song that, that so wasn't. So you, so you, so it's not so much about mimicking the song so much, but adding your own little acapella voice twist to it. I gotta, can I just, I gotta just say this that, you know, like ten years ago, the thing, at least from what, this is my opinion. The thing in acapella was we don't want to be an acapella group. We want to be a vocal band. We're a vocal band. We're a vocal band. And so there was a lot of effects and all sorts of stuff on stage. And for us, like. We're an acapella group, and we want the vocals to be legit, you know? So, and, but we fell into that trap early on, too. We needed that big bass pedal and all octave and, you know, strip back the vocals. It could be heavy, you know, drums and bass and let that carry everything. But I think now we're, I think, I don't know if we're the first ones that started to strip it back, but we are. Like, we want to strip it back and let the vocals really take shape and take precedent, along with a fantastic rhythm section. So we have a nice like 50-50 split of vocals and rhythm section instead of, yeah, so we're, a, man, we are an acapella group. <laughs> that's I'm it. proud of it, all right? Yeah. I wonder, because mu- music can play a big role in cultures. And I know you guys, I know Kevin, you were born in El Salvador, so you bring that whole culture, I'm sure, to the band. And I know you guys have also performed like all over the world. You've been to China, in fact, in fact I think I read or I, Heard when your Q and A chats, whilst you're actually even learning Mandarin from when you, uh, it's wow. part of when you're doing good, good job, right? Good job. Russia and everything. So you guys have been around. Well, I wonder what kind of um, how other your exposure to all these other cultures um, has maybe influenced you all in bringing a worldview to what you do. Well, that's a great question. Um, so particularly um, as far as how going abroad has changed my worldview, especially when you just following chapter just re- watching or reading a lot of news and you know that the news they, they prey on you know bad it's like that's that's what that's what sells for instance like the first time we went to China we were expecting that's not what we saw was not what we expected you know we expect this like communists and everyone's going to tell us what to do and it's, it's people li- trying to live their lives you know it's just people nice kind people who granted who were a bit surprised at St. Monty and I but all the same just people trying to live their lives and, and welcomed us with open arms and the same thing with um with Russia or anywhere else and then bringing those and bringing those same ideals back. So when we interact with people here who, like them, are overseas are just trying to live their lives, we keep that in mind. So hopefully that helps us to treat people with a little bit more grace throughout our days because we're no different. We are. And this that, I'm sure that helps you bring it into like what you do within the schools with the with the children too, because um, it sounds like uh, you address um, all that about us all kind of. I don't want to say living in harmony about. But getting along and just being kind to one another, and I, I know a lot of I've, I've, I've uh, met a lot of musicians over the years and talked to several who have said like, yeah, music is therapy to them. And so 
I imagine from what I've seen, it seems like you're kind of reaching these kids that at a younger age before they even even know their music, even kids that aren't necessarily musically trained, but using music to help them with that therapeutic view and help them be per at a personal, but also help the other kids, maybe making fun of other kids to say, hey, like we're, we, we get, I don't get into this kumbaya, oh, can't we all just right, get along? Right. Yeah, yeah so you know, you can have a the connection I'm trying to make. Yeah, oh, there's, there's, I mean, you, you mentioned something uh, that we specifically say in the show that we need to work together to be able to make our music and that if we aren't working well as a team um, personally, then we can't, the music doesn't fly, right? The music doesn't work, uh, doesn't come together well. So, I mean, that's definitely something we address directly is that teamwork aspect. And then later on in the show, we also talk about, you know, people getting involved in uh, music and the arts. And very frequently we mention some of the bullying and other things that we faced when we were young and try and encourage kids to, to, you know, deal with each other in a very different way where they respect everybody's, uh, you know, interests and likes and that all these likes are really, really cool. And uh, it doesn't seem like it's that much nowadays, but a lot of us grew up in the time when if you were a, if you were a boy, you did sports, and the arts were not what you did. No. <laughs> and so, um, and I thankfully I think that culture is changing a lot. But uh, you know, for us, that is a, a big part of the the message. I think it's important to say in the shows. Can I can I just say one more thing? Sorry, man. So yes, here's the thing: yeah. wherever we went, like overseas and so forth, we've come to realize that if you lead with a smile you're gonna be greeted with a smile. If you lead with open arms, you are embraced, you know, and that's what it is. I mean, that's wherever we go. You know, if you lead with harmony, you're gonna get it back. People are nice, no matter what, we're different, but we're the same. We're Just like Wallace said, we're all just like trying to get by. We're blue collar, trying to get by, support our families. That's in China, that's in Russia, that's everywhere, we're all. We, we speak different languages, but when you lead with kind eyes, man, you're going to get it back every time, every time. You might get a couple jerky jerks, but that's everywhere, right? Isn't that everywhere? I mean, yeah. that's right up at the market basket. That's wherever. Like, you are going to get that. But if you, kindness, man, that will eventually win over. I promise you. And we've, we've embraced that and we've seen that. And music and the arts is, is, is probably one of the best ways to, oh. to overcome all of that. So uh, have, all, have you guys always been musician? Have music been, you know, I, this is the way I want to go? Have you always had that feeling? Or have you, been, have you thought you'd do something else and then kind of fell into music? How, how did it go oh, for man. you guys? So, I know, so we all studied music in college. So I think, if not at the very least in the back of our heads, I think we all was like, music is it. But I know for me, um, a while after college, when I was, admittedly lazy and I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. Um, I was in the military and I thought forever I was just going to be a lifer. I'm going to do my job. I'm going to be great at it. And but all the while I was like, but I, I need to sing. And that's, the, you know, me personally. But what about you all? I mean, I love performing um, from the beginning, but I always thought, you know, that it wasn't a reality for me. So I would go and, you know, I taught for about six years before I jumped into acapella. So. Yeah. But you were going to be in like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse something, <laughs> I was. weren't you? <laughs> yes. I was, when I was eight, I got into the Mickey Mouse Club. But my dad said no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, oh. So, uh, so 
quickly, you know, uh, things are opening up. Uh, Massachusetts is opening up. Governor Baker is opening up. We're going to be mass mandate dropped in a few days. Um, what is what is going forward for Ball in the House? You know, live performances, virtual performances, new album. What, what what's on the horizon for you guys? All, <laughs> All, All that stuff. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I think uh, we have a, a small schedule of outdoor summer shows. Mm-hmm. So we encourage you all to uh, to check out ballinthehouse.com and you'll see our list of upcoming shows. Uh, we are recording an album, and uh, and so that's really exciting too because that's something we couldn't do either before. You know, we couldn't even get together and and doing that stuff, trying to um, you know do that virtually like one at a time is tricky without the right gear. And is this new album the first album in this with the band in this? Iteration is yes. that? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Because Kevin's, it's been two years. So Kevin got in in 2019. We went and did a, a, a huge 10 uh, week tour, and then we were getting ready to do a second 10 uh, week tour, and then it was just cut it's short. March 12th, right? So <laughs> we were we were literally the, the on Thursday, uh, March 12th is when everything was cut off for us. The 13th. We had a, a photo shoot scheduled so we could bring Kevin into the band that way. The 14th, we had a video shoot. So we got to get all new promo with Kevin in it, and then all that stuff got yeah. shut down. So despite singing with us for two years, uh, you know, things it have been way It hasn't been officially been introduced <laughs> yeah, to the world. I guess world. so, yeah. I don't know. That's <laughs> it's weird. It's been kind of weird that, that way. But, uh, but a, a lot of what's on the schedule is rescheduled. So um, one trouble we're finding is that almost all the new shows that we're looking for are taken everybody that was pushed off from last year and scheduled them now but yeah. thankfully that also works for us uh, as, as well and in September we're looking at another uh, what was what was a 10 week t- tour before is now broken up in um, I think three weeks in September uh, a week in October and three weeks in March so it's just delayed a year tour is just delayed a year here so Stacey you have any anything to finish up with yeah, well, one of the things we didn't touch on that I did want to touch on because, I mean, people can obviously watch and watching this episode, they can hear how awesome you are, but to know, like, how validated you guys are, it's awesome. You have, I mean, before we've talked about you performed internationally, you performed at a national, you've been on TV, and I'm just going off of just what you guys have on your website. I'm sure there's more. Uh, you've been on America's Got Talent, Today Show. You were on a show in Korea. I miss Korea when I was listing off the international countries you've been to before. But the two things I wanted to... Uh, touch on here me a little more bad if you're able to talk about it is you guys were the voices behind the jingle the cool up commercials and also yeah. the amazon prime day yeah uh, people may not know that was you do you mind talking about either one of those i'd love to hear more did you guys write both those yourselves or yeah they like you know here's, so, here's a couple lines sing it for us so yeah you know what's funny about cool whip is that we had this agent years ago and she was supposed to be like our international agent she did zip for us. <laughs> and she actually still owes us money, and I think she's out of business. But anyways. Um, but you got abroad, it sounds like, anyways. Yeah, 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 yeah. And plus, I let it go. Um, so she, she just knew someone in an ad agency, right, Johnny? And they were looking to revamp the Cool Whip commercial. And she said, look, I got these guys. So we just did this like little demo, like test run. And I guess during that test run, it like it soared like so many people approved of the commercial so what was gonna just be like a 30 second i think it was like philadelphia cream cheese or something uh, something around the fourth of july turned into how many like 15 or 16 I mean, it was years of of 
you know, of they do cool holiday, different holidays, you do stuff, and then there was they came out with a strawberry flavor, so we did an ad for that. Um, yeah, it was crazy. So we were never on camera, so we would always Sad. just go into the studio and record, but, I mean, that was, that was, I mean, and to so work for great. a big ad agency, we would go to New York City, they'd put us up in a nice hotel right in Times Square, and, you know, we'd record, we'd be in the studio for like eight hours a day for like three wow. days, oh, wow. and, um, and part of the reason why it took so long was not because we had to, it took us long to record the parts, but we'd record the parts, and then you get people come in and be like, mm, well, wigs. you know, you, you right here, you say star, but we want you to say star or something <laughs> weird like that. And you're just like... Overdirecting, yeah. <laughs> okay, yep, yep, we'll do it that way. And just, and it's just, and then sometimes they'll say, oh, we want you to do this. And the engineer uh, was someone who we had worked with as, as before in the past. And uh, he recorded, uh, you know, he was an acapella performer as well, had a lot of experience recording. So he became part of the team with this. Sometimes... They would say, oh, you should change this. And sometimes we'd go in, and he would just leave the old thing there, and they'd be like, perfect. That's <laughs> excellent. That's it just, yeah, oh, it's yeah. a fun so, experience. And let me just say this about the Cool Whip. So at first, we were like, look, we don't want to do it at our shows. We're not going to be, like, we're not going to mm. sell out like that. But I swear, like, as soon as we would come out on stage, people would, like, cheer cool. do the cool whip, cool whip so we were like yeah we're the cool whip guys what's up and so, oh my gosh. so we were autographing like cool whip containers from our families but from fans it was like crazy and, and being crazy. on the other side of it so before yeah. I joined the band just um not knowing who they were and just like okay I know I, I want to sing and I, I auditioned for them and then you do the google search what right, I, I know, they've been in my home this, like all these years <laughs> this, this, this group yeah I'm gonna join this group right. type deal yeah <laughs> Oh, so awesome. So live performance, educational uh, performances, and Cool Whip jiggle commercial. Yeah. Jiggles. Oh, and Amazon, yeah, that one. And Amazon. Right. And yeah. WCTV. Yes. Yep. You guys, you guys did a, uh, a, a, a station right? ID jingle for WCTV. Mm -hmm. So. Oh yeah. yeah. I think that you know, I think what it comes down to, right, is that we're we want to be full time musicians, and we are full time musicians. And I think for us, it comes down to you know, we're not like this major label signed act that just goes out and. Uh, we put on an album and then we tour, but that's not the case for most major label artists either. Right. They're doing commercials, they're doing you know TV things, they're doing just random stuff, and so that's the case for us. I think we have to keep this open mind to what are the different ways that we can use our creativity in our music um, in a way in a way that makes us proud that we're really happy, um, you know, making music and getting out there. And for us, most of th that's that can be in schools, that can be concerts, that could be recording commercials, that could be making albums. Um, there's so many different ways. And I think that's been a huge part of how we've been able to do this for so long is, is not having this like, yeah. oh, we have to we do have this. To do so this is the yeah. way you know we have to be and just not doing the stuff you don't want to do, but being having an open mind and just having fun with it. So what is it, 20 years, 30 yeah. years? Not 30. Tw no. So we've been full time years, for right? we've been full time for 20 years. 20 years, 20 years uh, doing what you love. I take it. Yeah. You're performing yep. on the stage. A lot of miles. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Stacy, I think uh, I'm I'm good. Are uh, you you have anything else? Oh, I, I could always go on all day with these. These shows could always always uh, always run uh, forever. But uh, ballinthehouse.com. That's it. 
all all your information, all your albums, all your show schedule, your upcoming live tours uh, is all there. So with you to see where you're performing next, or book you for their own youth group, or even own private events. Looks like you guys do weddings. Yes. Again, yeah. So yeah. com is the best place for everyone to find you, find your contact information, all your social media handles. That's it. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank thank you guys for uh, staying late after your live performance earlier this uh, this morning here, uh, and also to the to the crew in the the control room for again staying late. Thank uh, you. Yeah. So uh, thank you guys. Uh, appreciate yeah. and good luck uh, uh, yeah. with your shows uh, as they come up this this year. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. We all navigate out of this pandemic. Thank you. Thank you so much. Everything as we move forward, guys. Thank you again for taking the time to be with us. Really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having us.